So the reason I was kind of like confident that I could maybe hit these numbers is because I talked to a lot of freelance writers. And I mean, this is like their bread and butter, right? Like increasing their writing speed. I talked to them and they were like, oh yeah, we can hit like 3,000, 4,000 words per hour. And I was just like, there's no way, right? Like this just sounds absolutely ridiculous. Welcome to The Author Biz, the show that's all about the business of being an author. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and this is episode number 35. Wherever you are, however you listen, thanks for spending some of your time with me today. I don't know about you, but I wish I could write faster. Some days things come easily, the words just pour out onto the screen, but other days, wow, it's like pulling teeth and the words don't pour they trickle onto the screen. Do you ever feel that way? I know more than a few authors who do. A few weeks ago, I saw a guest post from today's guest, Monica Lionel at The Write Life, titled How to Write a Novel, A Simple Process for Beating Writer's Block. That guest post, as of this morning, has 200 comments. So Monica's topic struck a chord. In the post, Monica described the process she uses and wrote about in her brand new book, Write Better, Faster, How to Triple Your Writing Speed and Write More Every Day. With a title like that, of course I clicked the link in the post and followed it through to Amazon and bought a copy. Is there anyone who doesn't want to write better and faster? As you'll hear in this interview, Monica's book captured me from the very beginning. Her data-centric approach was essentially hacking her way to faster writing speeds. The book is fantastic, and I've already applied several of her suggestions. Okay, I hope that's enough of a teaser to get you to listen to the show. So before we get started, I want to let you know that I'm starting a second podcast in April, and I'll be sharing some of the details in the next episode. However, if you're on the AuthorBiz email list, you already know about the new show, and some of you have already taken advantage of an offer I made in an email that I sent out on Sunday. If you're on the list and didn't get the email, check your promotions folder if you're a Gmail user, or God forbid, your spam folder. If you can find the email, please add my address to your email whitelist. If you're not a subscriber and you're a longtime listener to the show, what are you waiting for? While you're checking the show notes for this episode at theauthorbiz.com slash Monica, take a minute and subscribe to the list. You'll see a big green Join Us button at the top right on the site. You'll also find links to everything we mentioned during the interview, including Monica's site, where you can subscribe to learn more about some upcoming books in her growth hacking series for authors. Now let's get on with the show. Monica Lionel, welcome to the Author Biz. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I just finished your this fabulous book that you wrote with a with an incredible title, very intriguing. The title, and I have this written down because I can't remember it, is Write Better, Faster, How to Triple Your Writing Speed and Write More Every Day, the Growth Hacking Series for Storytellers, number one. Tell, tell us about the book and how you came up with that great title. Well, the book is basically about, um, it's about how to increase your writing speed, or at least that's how it started out. Um, and it's, it kind of, I talk about it, you know, talk more about the background in the book, but, uh, yeah, it's basically, you know, at one point I was writing at, you know, about 500 to a thousand words per hour. Um, and it depended on fiction or nonfiction and just through a process. Well, one day I said, you know, I need to write faster cause I was a freelance writer and, you know, words, you know, your words per hour that ties really closely to how much money you're making. So I said, I need to learn how to write faster. Um, I kind of set, set out on this goal of writing faster, and I was able to increase my writing speed to um, average about, you know, a little under 3,500 words per hour, um, but up to 4,000 words per hour uh, in certain sessions, basically. And you so. wrote about this in a blog post some time ago. 
Yeah. Um, I wrote a blog post in, I think, November of 2014, which basically just outlined how I went from the, you know, the, the 500, the thousand words per hour up to the 4,000 words per hour. Um, and there were four, like I tried a ton of different things. So it was a very experimental process. Um, but there were kind of four, four phases that, um, that really worked for me. So I outlined what those were in the blog post. And you obviously got a lot of really positive feedback on the blog post, and then this whole thing just became a book. Yeah, um, yeah. So what I decided to do is after after doing the blog post, there were a lot of people who just. I mean, there was feedback from in all different forms. Some of it was really positive, like "Wow, this is really cool," and some of it was like "No way, this guy was <laughs> completely lying. Like, there's no way this happened." <laughs> So um, I decided to just kind of write a follow-up to it, but then, you know, it was like the the original blog post was almost 2,000 words by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the follow-up just kind of kept growing and growing. Like, I was like, oh, maybe they'll end up being like 10,000 words, uh, which is, you know, that's way too long for a blog post. Um, and then it ended up being 40,000 words <laughs> plus another, you know, my data was about 50,000 words. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing, I was like, this is huge. You know, it's great for a book. Um, and so I cleaned it up and like kind of just made it into the book that it is now. So Okay. As I mentioned, I well, I, I'll tell people you wrote a guest post somewhere. You've been writing a lot of guest posts about a book, and I read I read one one where one place, and I'll link to it in the show notes. But I can't remember where it was right now. Yeah, you probably. Um, I've I've only written a couple actually for this particular book, but you mm-hmm. probably read the one at the Right Life. Yes. Yes, that uh, was it. A really, yeah, it's yes. a really popular book or a really popular blog for freelancers, mm-hmm. um, and the. Uh, the the topic of that was about the four step uh, process that I used to do kind of the idea to draft of and you know any fiction project that I have. Yes, and I read that, and you talked in the article. You talked about something that had always been a problem of mine. So I thought, okay, I'm getting the book. So I got the book, and I started reading it, and it just. For nonfiction, it really sucked me in, and I just kept <laughs> reading and reading and reading. Um, the way you went about this with a very analytical approach where you're really just sort of hacking your own process and optimizing things, and you had no fear of, well, I'm going to try this, and if it doesn't work, I'm a failure. It's if, if I tr- I'm going to try this, and if it doesn't work, I'm going to try something else, and I'm going to keep going until I increase my speed to this level that I want to reach. <laughs> and that was yeah. really... I'm a I'm a data geek and I'm a numbers geek and it's, it's totally right up my alley and the whole idea of tracking all of this with spreadsheets and at some point you even talked about using R to do something and I'm like whoa <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was I was all about it I was all about learning R and I did I did dabble in it but I never I actually never did do the full R uh-huh. uh, analysis because like I just it just was too much basically like, that, that actually point, makes me feel better because yeah. I, I wouldn't have been able to do it either <laughs> yeah at some point it just kind of like I had learned my lessons and I realized I didn't really need to do that like I didn't need to take it that far but yeah I mean I I think we all we all I'll use myself as an example I feel like I write best in the morning. I feel like I'm the most productive early in the morning. But I don't really have any data to back that up. And your book made me realize that. So I've started tracking it myself now to see. And I, it's too early to say because there haven't been enough days. But it, we always assume that this is what works best for us. And you took a different approach. Yeah. I mean, the approach I took, well, I, the, so the reason I was kind of like, confident that I could maybe hit these numbers or maybe not hit those numbers, but that I could increase it is because I talked to a lot of freelance writers and I mean, this is like their bread and butter, right? Like increasing their writing speed. Um, I talked to them and they were like, oh yeah, we can hit like 3000, 4,000 words per hour. And I was just like, there's no way, right? Mm -hmm. Like this just sounds absolutely ridiculous to be able to hit that kind of speed. (laughs) Um, but because of that, you know, I was kind of like, okay, well, there must be something there. Like, it must just be that I need to experiment and, you know, no attachment to the outcome. But I, you know, I, I, there's got to be a way to figure it out. So I was kind of like, if there's something that doesn't work, who cares? That's just like the wrong path. <laughs> like, I'll just find another path. But there has to be an answer. So I kind of started with this idea that 
you know, there is an answer. I just have to find it. And I think that's what, um, that's what prompted all the tracking, uh, because I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to try all these different things and something's going to work and, uh, I'm going to kind of go forward from there. But yeah, the tracking is kind of a, it's an insight that came out of the process. And I realized that tracking is actually very valuable and all like all the other goals I have too. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a place to start with any, any large goal, I would say, is you want to just start tracking, even, even if you don't know what to do next, start tracking what you're currently doing, and that's going to provide insight into, you know, your next step or, like, the next thing that you want to try. Let's break it down to its simplest possible level. So when we're tracking, we sit down to start writing. What do we do? Do we mark down what time we started? And is, is it as simple as that? What should we do? Yeah, the way that I started, um, I basically just, I started with like only a couple of things that I was tracking. So I said, I'm going to track like the time I start, the time I end, and like what I'm working on, and then how many words I had, like how many new words was kind of my, um, so not counting like if you edit or anything, but just like, you know, this, this file started with 900 words, and now it has 1400 words, or whatever it is, and what, you know, the difference between that. Um, so that's what I started with. But as I went, I kind of started adding in things because when you go back and look at that, you're like, well, you know, I'm kind of wondering like, um, you know, I'm wondering like how I felt that day. Cause it was around lunchtime and like, there's this odd, you know, there's this odd like dip in productivity or something. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of start to see the patterns and then you're like, well, I wonder what happened. I don't really have the data for that. So then I, I started adding in a lot of variables. Um, so that was one thing that happened. And then the other thing that happened was that I started kind of trying to find ways to normalize each session. So it started out, you know, I just, I started writing and whenever that was, I just wrote it down. And whenever I felt like stopping, I just wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, I, so then I, I kind of moved away from that and started using the Pomodoro method. Explain that. Which is, the Pomodoro method is you do 25 focused minutes of work, and then you get a five-minute break. And then you do 25 again, and a five-minute break. And so you do four of these uh, Pomodoros, and that's one set. Um, and then you can do as many sets as you want, right? So, um, so I started doing that, and that actually helped me see the, see the patterns a little bit better, because... Um, the Pomodoros, you know, each, each writing session I had now was 25 minutes. So I could see, you know, well, this, this session I had 700 words, this session I had, you know, a thousand words, this session, and I could kind of start to compare those sessions, um, in just a simpler, a simpler way and see the patterns that were coming through. Now, it, it was interesting when I read what you did with Pomodoros, I've, I've read about them. Probably a lot of listeners have heard about them before. Um, I had never tried it because I thought it made no sense to me. The idea of interrupting yourself when you're in a, a possibly in a flow state seems counterintuitive. But I tried it. And I tried it at 25 minutes, 35 minutes, worked my way up to 45 minutes, which seemed to be perfect for me. And yeah. all of a sudden, it was, it was just perfect. All this, I'd start and the timer goes off and my head would bounce up and I said, it can't have been 45 minutes. It was, it is really cool. And it's so counterintuitive. Why do you think it is that this brief interruption is so helpful? I, you know, I'm not sure. I think, I mean, I think it's because it forces you to focus that during that time. Um, and you're just, you're just much more focused, I would say. Also, you're not really thinking about any other obligations that you have. Um, like you're not thinking, oh, well, I got to check the time cause I have a meeting at this time. Um, you know, but I'm not, I'm not really sure. I, I can't really say why it is. I would just say that it works. And I kind of experienced the same thing that you did, which is that, you know, 25 minutes, it worked for me, but I found that, around 40 minutes was a lot better for me. Um, just because that was kind of like a natural break in my own 
process as well. And it's easier, I think, at, at least for me, it's easier to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write for 45 minutes than to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to go write the next five chapters or the next three scenes or, you know, some indeterminate amount of time that I'm going to be sitting here flogging away on something. It's just, I'm going to sit down and do this for 45 minutes. I know I can do it. It's easy and, and I'll have fun doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big part of it too, is that, you know, you know, it's kind of like they say, um, that you should plan, you know, you should plan for like your breaks, for your vacations, that sort of thing. Like for some reason, when you have a deadline that just makes you, that makes you more focused, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you know you're going on vacation next week, you're going to have the most productive week of your (laughs) life. Like that whole week before, even though you've been working for, you know, months without a vacation. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of the similar concept is that we, we like to, you know, kind of procrastinate. Like we, we like to, we like to have that deadline. Okay. So you, you hacked your way into this Pomodoro technique and you, you, you were able to learn some more things about your writing and become more productive, but it kept going from there, didn't it? Yeah. So the next thing that happened, um, after the Pomodoro was, uh, dictation. So dictation is you basically, it's basically you're speaking your book out loud. And the reason it helped me is because, um, I realized that I, you know, I was writing, 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 and I was writing more hours in a day than I was used to. And I realized that my hands were just like, they were killing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just couldn't physically do the work. Um, so the dictation really helped me, uh, not only because you can, you know, naturally you can speak more words in a minute than you can type for most people. Uh, like, a, you know, the average person can speak about 150 words per minute and the average person can only type, you know, average 30, 30 words or, you know, maybe up to 60 or 70 words, but still, I mean, it's, it's still a lot less. So I found that through dictation, I was able to just get more words per hour. Um, especially when I had my outline, uh, just kind of solidified and I knew what I was going to be talking about. I just found that it was much, much much, much faster for me. Now, this is a big part of your process, I think, the idea of knowing what you're going to write before you start writing it. So you're not just sitting down at 9 o'clock in the morning and chapter one, it was a dark and stormy night and taking off from there. Mm -hmm. You've got your book plotted out. Uh, You have this process that you go through before you actually start drafting. Let's, Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, so the process, um, and this is kind of the first step that we alluded to earlier, but the process is to, you want to have knowledge about what you're going to do. And so what I do is kind of a, uh, it's basically a pre-production on your book, mm-hmm. or on my book. And um, the four steps that I use, the first is that I do an outline, and the outline's very simple. It's just, you know, chapter one, and then there's a sentence about it. Um, what's, what's in that chapter. So my outlines are very, very simple. The next step is that I take that, um, that sentence per chapter and I try to expand it to several paragraphs and I call this the beats Mm -hmm. of the book. So, um, you know, it just, it essentially just hits on the highlights. Uh, there's, there's more to it. Like if you, you know, if you have some character building you want to do in that chapter, um, if you have some world building, some, you know, you want to describe locations, like that sort of thing, that's all stuff that you can put in the beats, but it basically just kind of tells, tells what happens in that chapter. So if you were talking to a friend and you wanted, you know, you're talking to them about your book, um, it would just be like, you're telling your friend about your book and like what happens in it. So it's very much, it's very much you're writing, you're writing a lot, but it's not, it's not your actual book yet. You're not writing your first draft yet. The third one is the sketches. So sketches are basically, um, since you don't, you don't really know what you, what you're, you don't totally know what order all your chapters are going to go in, um, or all your scenes are going to go in. So what the sketch does is you basically, you know, you focus on whatever aspect of your book that you're interested in. Like, let's say, you know, that these characters have a conversation, but you don't know like when that conversation happens or where it happens. So it's basically just a, it's like a pared down version of your draft. Mm-hmm. And in that, you know, in the sketches, you 
you basically turn your tell into show. Um, it's kind of how I describe it. So um, you, you can do it. So the sketches are kind of like, they're the step that I see as optional and they don't necessarily work for everyone. Like not everyone needs to sketch, but for me, I'm kind of an underwriter. Um, I don't, I don't write full scenes. So I tend to do sketches as, you know, an intermediary step. And then the last step is the draft. And the draft is, you know, it's pretty much what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's your first draft. But because you've done all this work of pre-production, it's quite easy to get it done. Um, you're not staring at the blank page. You really have a blueprint already of what you're going to write. Now, one of the things that I found most helpful about the book, or one of the many things I found helpful about the book, is you just described this process. But in the book, you give actual examples. Here are, here's this book on a outline basis. Here yeah. are these scenes where I am, am going through the beat process. And that's very helpful for people like me that hear these things or read, you know, you read things all the time. Someone says, do this, do this, and do this, and then everything will be fine. And there's no example. But in your book, you've got really in-depth, you know, pages and pages and pages of examples of something that, that you were writing at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I like personally, I learned best from examples, So that's why I included the example, but I also wanted to, um, I've noticed that a lot of writers, they kind of, they hear these things, but like you said, they just, they're not sure what to do next still mm-hmm. almost. And that example just really helps them. And also it kind of, it kind of makes them realize like, Oh, this isn't really that big of a deal. Because when you see the example, it's still pretty basic, you know, and it kind of it helps writers realize like, hey, I could do this, too. So that's why I included it. Um, and the example I included was from a uh, a modern retelling of a Jane two Jane Austen novels that I'm writing right now. So it's mm-hmm. it's original fiction, but it's also kind of like fan fiction of Jane Austen. So it's just, you know it's stories that people know already and that they're able to kind of relate to, um, and there aren't any spoilers really because <laughs> you already know the stories. So, so that's the example that I used in there. But essentially, when when we sit, if if we follow this process, we sit down to write, and we know what we're going to write. So it's it's you know, it, and in your case, you you know exactly how long your scenes are. And you know about, because you know how fast you write, you know how long it's going to take you to write those scenes. And, and so you've, you've really got this all sketched out into a production process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's really, I think that is kind of leftover from my freelancer days where you really do need to know, you know, how long something's going to take you because you're getting paid, you know, by the hour or by the project or whatever it might be. And you've got to be able to translate that to, you know, your work into money. Um, that's how successful businesses are run. So a lot of that has bled over into my fiction writing. And I think, you know, to, to that point, like it was really important for me to know, you know, if I have these 24 chapters and if I do, you know, if I look at my pre-production, I can say, well, this is going to take me 10 hours to write or 20 hours to work to write or whatever it might be, because I need to know those numbers. Like I need to know how much, time I'm going to pour into this project. Um, and then, you know, when it's going to be released later on, um, and just, just how much I'm going to dedicate to the project as I go. And I, I also use that information for pricing as well. So my pricing, you know, my pricing is consistent across all my fiction, um, as a result. We have this process now. We understand what the process is. Um, but we can't just sit down. I can't just sit down today and write 4,000 words. I've done it before, but it takes, it takes all day <laughs> for me <laughs> to do it. Um, and you can't, I can't do that every day. But you have you trained yourself to write more. And it, it, it was almost, in reading the book and reading the process you went through, it was almost like, you know, it's baseball season now, it's spring training. Yes, the, uh, you you exactly. live in Chicago, the Cubs are in Arizona, they're training for the regular season. You sort of went through a training process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, what I did is I launched a challenge slash experiment, I would say. Um, 
and you know, I just, I just said, I'm going to focus on this for the next couple of months. Um, and you know, whatever, what kind of like whatever comes out of it comes out of it. Um, but yeah, I kept, I kept a lot of data. I kept not just my word counts and my spreadsheets, but I also kept a, uh, a diary where I wrote, you know, not every single day, but you know, most days or most days that I worked, I wrote about what I had done that day and what my challenges were and all that good (laughs) stuff. And I was, you know, I had my goal. I said, I want to do 50,000 words of fiction in a month. It was something I had never done before, but I was, you know, I was kind of determined. I, it was like something I really wanted to hit. Um, and so I did, I, I was able to hit that. It was very hard. And if you're, you know, for anyone listening, if you're curious how hard it was, you can, <laughs> you can actually read the entire diary. I, I published the entire diary as an appendix in this book. Um, and I have to, to tell show. you, the first, the first part of the book is the book that explains how to right, do it. Exactly. The second part is the diary. And don't do what I almost did, which is stop after I got the education, because the diary is well worth the read. It is, it's just fantastic. The, you really put yourself out there and you were putting this out there on the web every day. And it, you know, some of it was just like, you know, tomorrow I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then the next day post is I suck. Yeah. (laughs) I got none of it done. (laughs) It was. Yeah. And it is a really hard process. Um, and the reason I wanted to show that is just because, you know, I think I think for a lot of people, they they read these books or whatever, and they're like, "Wow, that person's a superhero." But absolutely not. Like it was, it was definitely a struggle. Um, I still have those struggles, and we all have those struggles. You know, you you have all these big goals, and you think you're going to be able to do all this stuff the next day or the next week, and then life gets in the way. And uh, that happened to me a lot. You know, I had technical issues. I had weird health problems, like um. Like one day I woke up and I couldn't, I couldn't really open my eyes. I had like some sort of like dry eye or something. (laughs) And it was like, I couldn't figure out what was going on, but it was that, you know, my eyes were dry because I was staring at the screen so much. So I had an actual injury, (laughs) um, you know, while writing and while doing this challenge. So, you know, it was, it was exactly like spring training. Um, and the same thing that sets athletes back or really sets anybody back when they're going for a goal. Um, those are all things that I experienced. Okay. And I want to get back to real life getting in the way, but you mentioned dictation earlier, and I'd like to dig into that a little bit for, for people who haven't read the book yet. And I, I had questions after reading the book uh, just about the process that you went through to dictate. So can you sort of explain the equipment and how you went about dictating your books? Yeah. Or, and you didn't yeah. just dictate the book. You, you, you alternated back and forth between dictation and typing. Yeah, absolutely. So what I found was, um, just a quick point on that, what I found was that I just my personality type is not to have a routine every day. And so that's something I do. I talk about or I touch on in the book where, you know, some people are routine people and some people prefer stimulation. So I I was even though I had this like great process for writing, um, you know, 4000 words, I was switching back and forth still because I just I found that I just don't like doing things the same way every time. Um, so yeah, so the, the dictation stuff is interesting. So I use dragon dictate for Mac and it's, you know, it's pretty much, I mean, dragon dictate and dragon, I think the, the PC version is called dragon natural speaking or something Mm. like that. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty much the dictation software, um, on the market. Like there's not really any other competitors. The only other, uh, I guess viable option that I've heard of is really Mac's built-in um, speech to text, mm-hmm. which I don't I don't use personally, but I think it's definitely worth trying. Uh, so I brought I brought a Dragon Dictate for Mac. Um, it's a couple hundred bucks. If you want to try it out, the first thing I did was I tried it out on the iPad. Because I really, you know, I had heard about it and, uh, you know, again, through other freelancers, I had heard about this product and I didn't really think it was going to work for me because I'm not 
I just didn't feel like I was super comfortable even doing audio or talking out loud. Um, and I just, you know, it, it was just so foreign to me. Mm-hmm. And it seems but, foreign to me. So, and that's, yeah, that's where my questions come in. So when, when you, when you finish describing the equipment, I, I have a few questions. Yeah, no. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of people have had questions. Um, so I'm glad you're asking. So yeah, basically if you want to try it out, there's definitely an iPad app. Um, it's free and you can try it out there. I think you can talk for maybe like three to five minutes or something, um, before it cuts you off, but you can, you know, you can just kind of see, you can see like, is this something that works for me or what? Um, so there's that. The other thing that I found out with dictation is that the most important piece to get the, um, to get accuracy with your, you know, with what is being typed on screen is to have a really good microphone. Um, and so like, you know, using your Mac's built in, built in microphones or whatever, um, those don't really seem to work that well. Even the microphone that comes with Dragon Dictate, I tried it and I, I really just didn't get the, you know, didn't get as good of results. Um, the microphone that I'm using even right now, it's called the AT2020 mm-hmm. and it's a, you know, it's a common podcasting, uh, condenser mic, but I would say try to get like a podcast quality mic, uh, for the dictation just because it's just going to improve your accuracy, you know, immediately. And the AT2020 is what, like $69, $79? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, um, so I, I don't, I, I think it's a pretty affordable mic, but yeah, I mean, the thing with dictation is that it is an investment because the software, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks. The mm-hmm. microphone's a couple, I mean, microphone plus accessories is right. probably a couple hundred bucks. Um, so you, you definitely want to try it out first is what I would say. Um, but if, you know, for me, I felt like it was worth it because I was like, if this doubles my productivity, then, you know, that's, that's worth it to me. Again, I was looking at it in terms of, you know, words for dollars kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's an investment. So then the, oh, go ahead. Well, one of the things that you did, and this, this follows a consistent theme for you is you try things and then you go, okay, this is working. Now, how can I make it work better? And so you started this dictation process and then you decided, well, I really need to get some exercise. I can't just sit around (laughs) the house all day. And so you came up with some new process. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, um, yeah, in the second month I, I figured out how to do uh, dictation outside and it was kind of a trial for me because I was just, I was just having a lot of issues with it. Um, but the way I ended up doing it is basically dictation or dragon dictate, I should say, has a setting where you can, um, feed in an audio file and as long as you, um, the way, the way dictation works is they do profiles. So it's not like you can just feed in any audio file. It has to be an audio file of a voice that the software recognizes. Um, so I had done, you know, I had done the dictation where I'm sitting in front of the screen and just like dictating the words and they show up on the screen. Another setting is that you can do, you can record yourself speaking and then you can feed it into the software and it'll produce a file, um, which is really useful for like podcasts or whatever as well. Uh, so I figured out how to do that. Basically I just, you know, I had kind of like a mini recording studio on the go type of thing. Um, and I looked at, I looked at what musicians were doing. Uh, and basically what they do is they have, you know, an iPad or Android or whatever. Um, they install a recording, they install like recording software on there. Um, so an app that's like, I don't know, 10, 10, 12 bucks, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And then they get a, um, so you need to get a converter for your mic and it'll depend on what mic you have, uh, for what you do. But the one I got was the iRig pre and it's basically, it just plugs, it has, um, you know, it has a headphone jack that, that plugs into where your headphone jack would normally plug into on your device. Mm-hmm. And then it has a connector that um, takes a, I'm not sure what they're called, but the three prong uh, piece, you know, the, the cord for your microphone. Okay. Basically. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Um, you, you want to get like a windshield to block 
you know, the wind <laughs> outside, which was a huge issue for me as well. Oh, in, um, in Chicago, yes. Yeah, in Chicago. And yeah, I basically was able to just take that out and I I would bring a outline with me and I'd typically have that on like my Kindle or something. Um, and then I'd have you know, I had everything in like a little backpack and I would just hold the microphone and speak into it um, and dictate my book as I walked. Did you get some strange looks? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're absolutely going to get like, people are going to think you're an absolute crazy person. Um, Especially because the windshield that I used, I just put like a a sock over my microphone. So people are like, what is in that sock? Like, what is she doing? Like people were very, very confused, but I mean, I don't, I don't really care personally. I was like, whatever. I'm, I'm quirky. It's fine. Okay. Here's, here's my question. When you're dictating, what do you do? Do you, do you speak in the punctuation and everything? Do you put things in quotes? How, how does it work? Yeah, I absolutely. So um, when you do dictation, uh, you will want to kind of memorize just a few different punctuation uh, pieces. And uh, definitely like quotes are going to be really important, um, which is uh, on Dragon Dictate, at least it's like open quote, close quote, mm-hmm. um, sentence, you know, sentence punctuation, like commas were really important, um, period, of course. Um, and just, just little things like that. A lot of the other formatting happens for you because the software can just kind of figure it out. The only other thing I did is that I changed the names of all my characters to like super basic names. And I really recommend this to everybody because the software, it recognized a lot of things, but it, it had trouble recognizing names, especially if you write fantasy or science fiction or anything like that, like names of locations, everything. So I kind of had this little code for myself like my like one of my characters names is Riken um but I would change it to like Ryan like something super basic okay. that, uh-huh. that the software would be able to pick up on so that was one adjustment that I had to make and then when I got back I would just do a you know control um like a like select all and like um replace type of thing and when you imported this wave file i'm assuming it's a wave file into yeah. dragon and it converts it uh, how much editing would you have to do on that or post processing um yeah so the post processing was a little bit higher on the files um but it wasn't really that bad it was it was probably like it's still close to i would say the typical software is like 95 to 97% accurate and the the uh, file was like ninety three percent accurate. Wow! So I, yeah, it was still pretty good accuracy. And again, you know, in my experience, at least, it all has to do with the mic um, because you want to. It's it's really like if you can create a good audio file, then that's going to be how you see the success with that. And in your case, do you clean it up right away, or do you leave that for a revisions process down the line? Uh, yeah, I definitely, I do a, um, a round of cleanup on it typically. Um, and it, it just, it, it kind of just depends. I've gotten to the point where I can clean the file up pretty quickly because again, you know, you see the issues right away. Um, you see that like certain names are going to give it, give the software problems and you just kind of adjust. So I can clean up a file like very, very quickly now. Um, but you know, it's all, you've got to, you've got to go with the flow kind of like if you're very particular in your process, then you're not going to be able to make that adjustment. But, um, you know, if you're willing to kind of like work with the software, then, Mm -hmm. then yeah, yeah, you should, you should develop a new, you should develop your own systems for cleanup, like very quick cleanup. So, um, yeah, you know, I think like with the profile, you, uh, you basically teach it over time, um, to understand your voice and it, it like pretty much out of the box, it works pretty well. I think, um, they have you go through like a couple pages where you like read, you read stuff out loud that they already know and understand and it learns your voice. So then you can just keep improving that profile over time as you work with it, um, 
And that, that also really helped in my opinion, at least for me. I mean, I think, I think the, the issue with walking outside is that you have to, like, there's a lot that can go wrong with recording an audio file, right? (laughs) So, so you have to be really careful. Like if you forget to press record, for example, and Mm -hmm. you're talking for 45 minutes, then you just lost, you know, that whole section of your book. So you have to be really, um, really careful about that. But if you're, if you're careful and if you're, you know, just kind of willing to try it, then, then yeah, I think you can see a lot of gains using it. So you've done all this, all of this hacking to create this process where you can write as basically as fast as you're able to write. So you're producing a great deal of content but there's more to the process than that. You've, there, there's still the process of revisions, uh, editing, cover design, back cover material, blurbs, blah, 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 and, yeah. and eventually <laughs> publishing. When do you have time to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think you, you know, I think it's like anything else. You got to... I mean, you got to make the time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think like any other writer in this business would say, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time writing. Um, You know, I still like I still get probably very close to 50,000 words of fiction, um, not counting nonfiction, because with that, I'm probably, you know, I'm probably closer to like 75 to 100,000 words per month. Um, But yeah, like. 50,000 words, that's nothing. Like if, you know, like people, and I can totally understand this. Like if someone's saying, well, you could write 4,000 words an hour, or even if you could write 2,000 words an hour, 50,000 words, I mean, that's, that's like 25 hours of work, you know, at the most. Right. So people are like, what else did you do that whole month? <laughs> and but that was one of the things that really <laughs> shined through in the book, the, the whole right. idea that you yeah. would be exhausted at the end of the day, yeah. but the, your your actual time spent writing was maybe two like, and a half hours, on, hours on a big yeah. day. But it's yeah, exhausting exactly. work because it's it's all creative work. Exactly. Yeah. So I t- so that was one thing that really came out of the um, the daily or attempting the daily writing, which you know, if you read the book, I never fully I never fully got to. But um, yeah, you know, it it really is. Um, you really have to manage your energy, and that was a huge, huge uh, lesson for me because I was I was very much in this mindset that you know if I could write if I could write really fast then. Like I just take that number and multiply it by the number of hours I have, mm-hmm. and that's my word count. But that's not true at all. That's like someone, you know, I don't like if you've ever trained for a marathon, for example. That's like someone saying, "Well, I'm going to figure out how to run a 10 minute mile, and then I'm just going to do that for 26 miles." <laughs> but that doesn't work, right? It's not like okay, I can run a 10 minute mile, so now I can run 26 miles in 260 minutes. That's just not the way it works. I'm going to give you another example that's, that's just yeah. like yours, only because yeah. you mentioned marathons. I live in Florida, and there are no hills in Florida. There are only bridges. And so I thought, I'm going to train for a marathon. So I ran and I ran and I ran and I ran. And I could run not 10-minute miles, but I could run pretty consistently seven and a half-minute miles, and I could do it for 26 miles. And yeah. then I flew up north for the marathon and three miles in hit a hill and thought I was uh-huh. going to die. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, same kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Um, And you know, I think I think sometimes we tell ourselves, "Oh, we got this. We got this all figured out." But you know, thing it's it's creative work. You're gonna have a wrench thrown, and it's it's really up to you to kind of persevere through that, basically, (laughs) Uh, just to keep going. You know, keep trying, and to just and also you know to forgive yourself. Like, I, I don't expect to hit 4,000 words every time I sit down, like not even close. I'm happy if like through if after the end of the month, I'm averaging like 20, 24, 2500 words because there are going to be off days. There are going to be days when you think that you can write and then, you know, the, the your son like throws up or something and mm-hmm. is sick and you got to take them to the ER, like your car breaks down or, you know, whatever. There's mm-hmm. always those little life things that get in the way or, you know, not just, not just things that happen, but also your, um, like the way you feel every day, you know, it's as you wake up and it's just not, it's not, it's not going to happen that day. <laughs> you, during this challenge period that you went through the, the two month challenge period, you, you had periods of intense 
focus. And as a reader, reading what you were going through, I could see that if it were me, it was too much. And th- did you get a sense that, you know, w- did you learn what to what to look for, the warning signs of, hey, I'm doing too much, and if I don't ease back, I'm just going to crash? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I just, I actually just experienced that, like, last week. I kind of, you know, I've been kind of going, going, going since the beginning of the year. Um, definitely not at the same, you know, definitely not how I was with the, uh, with that experiment that's in the book, but, you know, I've been, I published three books so far this year. Um, and one of them is write better faster, but then I also published two fiction books Mm -hmm. and I've just, you know, I've been kind of going, going, going. And last week I kind of hit that point where I was like, I'm about to hit a burnout if I don't pull back a bit because it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just writing, but it was also like all the different, you know, all the promotion, all the, um, the emails, just like everything else that was going on to, to not just write more books, but also to promote these current books that are coming out. And yeah, I definitely, I definitely have learned those triggers. Um, one trigger for me is that it's not easy to write basically. Like, I feel like I'm pulling teeth to, like, get any words out. And that's really unusual for me. So sometime last week, I think it was on Tuesday, I was doing this um, this draft for uh, this company called Sterling and Stone. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I hit, I did, like, 2,500 words in two hours or something, which is, like, very slow for me. And it was just, it was, like, pulling teeth for myself. Like, I was forcing myself to write this. And I kind of realized, like, I'm about to hit a burnout. <laughs> so, um, so that's another good thing that tracking uh, has helped me learn is just it's helped me learn what my limits are. And I look at, you know, I look at that, you know, and I say, well, my normal speed is this. I'm, I'm at, like, half speed right now. That's not a good thing. You know, it's just like if you go to work and you're, you're only getting, like, half of your work done, your boss is going to come to you and be like, hey, like, what's going on here? You know, are you, is everything okay at home? Like, it's kind of a trigger. Um, so that's that's another reason I think it's great to know your numbers and to know what your typical speed is and all that good stuff um, because it, it serves as a monitoring system. That's a really good point because most of us, when we're at work, you're absolutely right. There are things that have to be done at a certain period of time, maybe a certain time of the month. You've got people watching what you're doing. But when right. you're writing, it's all on you. And this is a, this is a great way, this, this keeping track of your numbers and, and all the different numbers that you kept track of, I, I found fascinating. And I'm, I'm enjoying doing it, and I can't wait to start drawing some correlations for myself with all yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, it's it was it's fun for a little bit, right? Like I, <laughs> it I, is. I, I, I haven't I haven't <laughs> blown through the fun part yet. I'm I'm having yeah. fun, and it's it's uh, it'll continue to be fun for yeah. a while. I, I'm yeah. I'm sure. I love I love numbers. So before we wrap up, let's uh, for for people that are listening and that are interested in this idea of increasing your writing, what should they do first? What's the first thing they should do? And then the second thing, maybe three things that we should do um, over the course of the next week to try and increase our writing speed. I'm assuming you mean aside from getting the book, right? Like you uh, uh, mean yes. like actual well, things. Yes. The first thing is to <laughs> click the link and buy yeah. the book. Yes. Yeah. The book is at um, prosonfire.com backslash write faster is kind of the uh, short link if you want to get it. And it's it's only available on Amazon right now. Okay. But yeah, the three things I'd say that you need to do, the first is to put together a tracking system, um, even if it's just a couple things that you're going to track. And it, it doesn't have to be complicated. I just had a Google spreadsheet. Um, and just, you know, come up with like a list of things like your start time, your end time, how many words you got. Um, that's that's kind of the simplest simplest tracking system. And just kind of see where that takes you. Um, the second thing I would say is to try the Pomodoro method, which again is 25, 25 minutes of focused work and then five minutes off. Um, and the reason, the reason I suggest that is because it's something you can do no matter where you're at with your writing. Like no matter if you're a beginner, advanced, you know, if you write fast already, if you write 
slower than you want to. Um, anybody can try this and you can try it immediately. Like you could, you know, you could end this podcast and like go do it right now. Right. Yeah. Um, set the timer on your phone and yeah, go at yeah it. You, could, you could try it right now and just kind of see where you're at with it. Um, see, you know, try it maybe without the Pomodoro and then try it with the Pomodoro and see what the difference is, um, with just that simple, uh, technique. And I like from people that I've talked to and also for myself, um, some people are able to double their work count just with Pomodoro. Wow. Uh, which I think, and like, I've heard from multiple people and it's always, it's always something that I suggest to people and they're like, yeah, that like really helped that either, you know, like almost everybody I know is able to increase their, their, um, writing speed with this. Um, and then I'd say the third thing, um, I wouldn't say dictation, uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess the third thing would probably be to try some pre-production techniques. Um, like try, you know, outlining your book beforehand or just try to have, uh, try to have more knowledge about what you're going to write before you write it and see how that shifts your word count. Well, Monica, that was fabulous. I, I really loved your book and uh, let me, let me see if I can get the title out again, write better, faster, how to triple your writing speed and write more every day. So you can you can find that at Amazon. You can find that at prosonfire.com slash, what was it again? Faster? Uh, write faster. Write faster. Prosonfire.com slash write faster. What's the best way for people to keep up, keep up with what you're doing? Maybe subscribe for an email list or something. Yeah. So, um, so this book again is the first in a series about growth hacking. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, so writing faster is one growth hack. Um, but there are lots of other ones across your business. If you're, you know, if you're trying to become a fiction author or nonfiction author or whatever it might be. Um, so if you want to hear more about the, you know, future books in the series, you can go to prosonfire.com backslash storytellers, um, and sign up there for the email list. All right. Well, thank you very much. I have really appreciated the education today. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Well, that was awesome. Thanks to Monica for sharing so much during the interview. Like I told her, I've already tried some of the things she teaches, and they're amazingly useful. I love her idea of tracking not just word counts, but times as well. I'm learning things about my writing that I just didn't know before. What about that Pomodoro method? I'm sure some of you are already using it, but I was a skeptic. I'm not anymore. When I sit down to write, I pull up a program that shuts off the internet, pull on my headphones, and click the timer on my phone. Then I start writing. It's like magic. What things have you tried to track your writing? Or to increase your productivity? Let us know in the comments. You can find the show notes for this episode at theauthorbiz.com slash Monica. I've also linked up Monica's site, her book, and the guest post she wrote at The Right Life, as well as some of the hardware and software she's using for her dictation. And finally, if you like what we're doing here at The Author Biz, will you do me a favor? One of the things that drives traffic to a podcast is ratings and comments in iTunes. So will you please head over to iTunes and give the show a comment or a rating? And of course, if you want to get everything we do, including future episodes, Head over to theauthorbiz.com and click that big green join us button. Thanks so much for listening. 